Welcome to the Start, Scale, Succeed podcast with me, your host, Nicole Higgins, the Buy and Retail Coach, sharing tips, advice, and insight from entrepreneurs that have just launched to multi-million pound business owners. We will be discussing the challenges they faced, advice they would give, and the milestones they achieved and how they got there. Also joining me will be a broad range of experts with some tips and practical how-tos, episodes that will help your business grow and to enable you to live the life you crave. The types of experts that you'll hear from will be those that you will find beneficial as you start and scale your business, from branding and social media experts to mindset coaches and PR marketing. There will also be solo episodes from me discussing a variety of topics from sourcing to maximizing the profit in your business. beauty industry is expected to reach 800 billion by 2030. Now that is a lot of new brands and a lot of new products. So if you're faced with a sea of products, how do you find out what's good and what's right for you? Well, this is a problem my guest today, Wendy Slattery, co-founder of Beauty Buddy, has started to solve. Thanks very much for joining me today, Wendy. Thanks a million for asking me. Delighted to be on. No, I'm delighted to have you. And like I was saying before we came on, I spotted uh, beauty buddy a couple of years ago and I was just like that's such a good idea you know those kind of things when you go how does it not exist but before we start chatting can you sum up for me what is beauty buddy very simply what we used to explain beauty buddy is it's like trip advisor but for beauty and cosmetic products yeah so yeah so the difference I suppose is you can scan a barcode in a retail store and get all the information you need when you're there um and that is what we are for the consumer yeah yeah and um so start so tell me kind of how the idea came about and because you don't have a background we just like I said we were just talking you don't have a background in tech really uh, at all and or beauty or beauty <laughs> so how did how did this idea come about <laughs> yeah so actually um Myself and Tracy had been in business together for 11 years already before this, before we both left our corporate lives and started up a business. And we did like event decor and different things mm-hmm. like that. But we really wanted to have a business that could be global. And, you know, we just had that kind of ambition. So we were actually looking for a problem to solve. So actually, you know, so we kind of trained our minds a little bit to everything that was a problem. It's even down to teapots still spilling and how has nobody fixed that yet and all this kind of stuff. So we were like looking for a problem that we had that we could solve for ourselves. That would be like a problem that all women have or most women have. So actually we had been looking at the barcode scanning technology had kind of only come around. People were starting to use it for different apps for food Um and we were like, oh, that's really interesting. But we couldn't really see how we could use it as such until literally just shopping. Um, and as I said, we don't have a background in beauty. So we are the overwhelmed customer going into a store that has like thousands of products, newly new releases, new everything, special offers. And we were like literally standing in front of a product and uh, it was actually a brush, makeup brush. And uh, the sales assistant was like, we were like, is that any good? And she was like, oh, I don't know. I only work here Saturdays. <laughs> we were like, okay. We're so then find the sales assistant with the amount of cuts people are making in retail. Yeah, exactly. So then we were like, we literally just Googled uh, the brush and it was uh, just e-commerce sites trying to sell us the brush. And I was like, just want to know if it's worth the money, like. before I spend it and then we were like oh my god could you imagine if you could scan the barcode and it just told you 
it was any good based on like other people's reviews like everyone's reviews but like kind of in a trusted platform where yeah. we believed them um and then we were like oh but maybe we're the only ones with that don't know what we're doing <laughs> when it comes to buying beauty and uh, so that was that was the moment for us um and so really we've built a business to fix a problem for ourselves yeah and know. and you mentioned there in terms of were you the only ones? How did you find out that it was a viable idea? Like that it had legs, you know, in terms yeah. of an idea and, and to become an app and a product? Yeah. So in, in fairness, we actually, this time, you know, the last business we had, we didn't take any like supports or, you know, mentors or anything like that. And this time we said, you know what, we're going to take everything that's available to us. Like, and we got onto like a program it's called new frontiers and basically the new frontiers one is just a few weekends and it's letting you go through your idea kind of see how you would you commercialize it you know you get to meet all different coaches and people that have been there done that to see if they think it's a good idea but also at the same time you're doing your market research so we were like running focus groups and um the focus groups were literally us asking our friends to invite their friends that we didn't know that didn't know us um to a focus group so we didn't invite our friends because they'd obviously you know be biased and so these people came but actually we had got a bit of training on focus groups so we knew that like the they didn't even know what they were there for. We were just yeah. asking them questions like, how do you buy beauty now? How do you decide who influences you? So they didn't even know what they were there. They were just asked, answering the questions. And it just came back that like everyone, you know, well, brands and retailers were the lowest, you know, as in they don't trust the reviews on those websites. <laughs> and then obviously influencers were there as as a trusted and not trusted. So it was a balance between trusted and not trusted. So yeah. there are certain influencers they didn't trust and didn't believe. Um, and then there's certain influencers they did believe and trust. So, and then there was the friends and everybody was like, yeah, no, I totally trust. I'd pick my friends over anyone else. Like, do you know that kind of way? So yeah. it really came back down to that kind of, yeah that's what we're trying to build here and so um yeah we did that market research but we also set up a facebook group a closed facebook group and we started just we started by adding our friends in and then we were just putting in a question so somebody was like going anyone buy a new mascara lately i'm sick of this one i want to change this one and we were just seeing if other people would help each other without without any reason to yeah, 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 without a reward for it. And it just grew and grew and it grew really fast. And we run a competition and all you had to do for to, to win something like products or whatever was to invite a friend that you think would enjoy this group. Yeah. And it just really grew. And it like the comments and the input was great. The community that you kind of grew. It was well. it was so good. And but at the same time, the information was lost, right? So yeah. about a week later somebody else would go anyone know of a good mascara right and then it would start all over again (laughs) like like there was no way you could follow the threads you couldn't follow like a certain product yeah so just to give context in terms of timing how long ago was this okay so we had the idea literally the idea 
at the end of 2017 is mm-hmm. when we had the idea. We did all our market research and we did everything um, for about seven months before we, we went, okay, are we all in as such, you know, on this? And we were. So then we got on to New Frontiers too. And don't forget, like, we still had no app or anything. We literally yeah. had a piece of paper, you know, going, this is what we're going to build, even though we're not tech. Um, but uh, we got onto the program and it gave you a small bit of money. Now, when I say small, I think it was like, uh, it was 15,000, which is a lot of money when you when you don't have money. So. Yeah. For us, that was huge. And they usually give that so you can stop working and and go look at your idea. But we use that money to get someone in tech to build us a prototype. Yeah. Um, and in fairness to Tracy, there's we read a we read a book how to build a billion dollar app. Um, and it is by someone who obviously has built two billion dollar apps. So yeah. Um, but one of the things was like, do not spend any money on tech until you've built a prototype or whatever. And we were lucky enough to have seen that first. So the prototype we built, it cost us like $29 a month. And there's an app and um, like a app called like a prototype app that you can literally just drag in buttons and change the colors. But there's no programming behind it. So there's no yeah. programming. Um, and Are then you, what was that app that you it's, it's called proto.io yeah and basically you could just so it looked like an app it felt like an app and I could send it to you and it would come up and you could download it and it would look like an app on your phone yeah but there's actually nothing behind us so yeah. at the same time as doing that I was trying to do market because re- obviously market research has to go on forever Um, I was doing I'd got meetings with like directors in some brands in New York I was like flying to New York with like no money in my pockets <laughs> it was like everybody's like oh you're, Let me you're just going ask, to New York I was like let me ask you about that then so yeah. you're like you you said before your your background you had you you did the the events business with Tracy beforehand mm. before you started doing this and you had a background in corporate so how did you sell yourselves in to get the to get this audience with the directors of brands in New York and, and all over the world yeah, well, what it was is, so we obviously just used LinkedIn because that was the only tool that we had to kind of connect with these people. But actually, what we did was we went out and looked for help and advice. And that's really what we were looking for. And if you go to the, so like, as I say to other people that like other startups as well, if you find someone in the industry that's like in innovation, the director of tech and innovation in a beauty company, and I'm coming along saying, hi, we're like an Irish beauty tech startup. We're backed by Enterprise Ireland, which just carry weight. Yeah. Um, and I'd love a few minutes of your time because we're launching this new like app or whatever so you it was an angle not from a sales angle it was from a information angle and support angle right I see what you mean yeah support and information that's all it was so you know um I reached out actually to someone that kept getting mentioned in Forbes anytime they were like doing they would do a beauty and I reached out to her and she had like launched all the Kiehl's stores and I was talking to her on zoom and she was like 
brilliant she said so let's do a coffee when are you when are you over and I said oh yeah definitely let's do a coffee and then I she said so send me on some dates and then I come off the call and I was like oh my god she's in America <laughs> and I was like ringing Tracy going I've just said yes to coffee but it's in America <laughs> she's like what and I'm like I have to go back with dates and she goes well you may get on Starbucks ever she said, you may get online and you may find the cheapest flight, even <laughs> if it takes you three days to get there on 10 flights. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. So then we found ch- cheap flights. Um, and I was like, well, I'm not going to be home. So like, you know, so we may as well if we're going to America, we may as well make this work for us. So we reached yeah. out to every contact we knew and went, we're going to America for like six days and we need as many meetings as possible. Lawyers, accountants anybody we just need to meet people and it was the most incredible week we literally had like 27 meetings we met the most amazing connections just from friends of friends of people and and they literally when they met us and then they were like oh do you know who you should talk to and literally at one meeting the woman stood up and went oh just come with me and she's like about six foot tall and we were literally trotting behind her like and it was the most amazing thing we were out for dinner with people we met like it was just amazing and we came back and like people were saying how how did you get all those meeting with people when you don't even have an app you have nothing and you're like <laughs> we do kind of we have a prototype like that costs us 30 dollars like you know but but we 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 had the idea and the passion and the, the passion the yeah. idea we knew where we were going and it was like either you're interested in being on the journey with us or you're not like we just find you know so yeah. and we were literally finding out what brands and retailers were really struggling with and we came back like flabbergasted because we were like we thought all these big 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 corporate companies had it all nailed down like with their data and their information on their consumers and and it was just like they don't yeah <laughs> you know which is was really interesting but yeah that's how we did it like and people were saying you know oh my god how did you get to meet them and I said oh they rang me and invited me for lunch and they were like did they and I was like no they didn't it took <laughs> about 26 calls 20 LinkedIn messages reaching out to the man in the moon I was like no yeah. it didn't it did, no it's nothing it's yeah. absolutely that it's the resilience you know it's not taking no for an answer you know and that yeah. resilience piece of keep it on going yeah. and so then so you've done your research you've got all you've got a, a ton of information and you know that it's a great idea and the pe- people are interested yeah. so then how did it progress from that so then we got like onto the ndrc program which was in um galway mm-hmm. and that gives you like 50,000 at the time. It gives you way more now. Um, it reminds me of, you know, when you go in to buy something, the next day it goes on sale. That's how I felt about that program. Like we got 50, the next one's got 100 or something. We're like, oh, really? Seriously? I know. But um, so we use that money then to actually like launch, like uh, yep. so we launched um, the app. We did like an actual PR press thing, you know, which was, it was so cool because we obviously and then had our pictures and they had the foam sign and all. And we were like, all I could think of was how much is this costing us? Like how much yeah. are we spending? But in fairness, what had happened is we had entered competitions and different things like that. And we were part of the AIB 
uh, Growth Academy. And we won that. We won the overall one. And it gave us it gave us some money. Like, so it was like money we weren't expecting. And then we were able to use that for PR to push ourselves out there. Yeah. So it was really cool to be able to do that. So, yeah, then we launched and then we went into lockdown 12 weeks later. <laughs> so there was all fanfare and then it was like, oh, shit, now we can't see anyone. We can't make any meetings. What's going on? Yeah, complete, complete. Um, yeah. Bit of an anticlimax. <laughs> yeah in fairness now we raised investment I forgot that bit sorry that's how we had the money because I was like we had people on our team and I was like how do we pay for them oh yeah we had <laughs> but we did we raised investment enterprise Ireland came in we raised 575,000 mm-hmm. investment um with angel investors and um and with that then so is that so they have they get a percentage share or yes. right okay yeah. yeah, they get a percentage share of the company. So, um, and that's the thing with investors. I don't think any of our investors actually had the name investor on their like LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Like we spent a lot of time with all the different accelerators and different things that, you know, there is a lot of encouragement, you know, for VCs and different angel networks and different things like that. But actually, you know, when you're that small, you really need to find people that are passionate about the industry yeah. that understand the problem you're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. And that could be like a director of beauty packaging. Like it literally, yeah. you need to just reach out to people that you know would have enough money to invest <laughs> something yeah. Yeah. and um, get them on board because they don't ask the questions like some of the questions you get asked. So what's the most, if you can share, what's the most recent valuation of the company? So we're valued at the moment at, well, we're just about to, we're closing another round at the minute. We're just in the middle of another round. Mm-hmm. So we, in the next few weeks, so we'll be valued at 3.6 million pounds yeah. sterling. I have to keep converting back and forth. Such an achievement. And um, so obviously you had to get the the brands on board in terms of how did that all work yeah so we like we're uh what they would class as a b2b to c company yeah that if we don't have the c side of the business the b side doesn't work and actually it's a harder company to get investment for um because it's what they call the chicken and egg company yeah yeah so uh you're trying to get the brands to come on board, but you don't have the users. You're trying to get the users to come on board and you don't have the brands. So actually what we did is we got the brands, um, we put the brands on the app without the brand's permission as such. Yeah. Well, not that we need their permission, but you know what I mean? We were able to review put the their products, products and stuff. to yeah. review their products. So then we had the, the, the products. So then the user felt we like we have the brands on board and different mm-hmm. things like that. So we have literally like because we went into COVID and we were supposed to like accelerate then and everything stopped and it gave us a real opportunity to actually look at our marketing and the money that we were going to spend actually on marketing Mm -hmm. and then we figured out kind of what worked and we literally went back acting like a like a startup you know no money how would we do this 
you know, and um, that's what we did. So now we're at the stage where this investment round, we know what buckets to put it into. We know what works. And I think that's great because sometimes if you have, it's like if you have the money, you'll spend it, you know, whereas if when it's, and I think having that thought process of going back and thinking more lean, yeah, you know, all the time. Where does it have to be? Yeah. You know, is yeah. is the best kind of thing that you can do. Um, you know, for your business to to set you up for success from a cash flow point of view and a foundation point of view, yes. and to make it work, the money work hard for you as well. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you will make mistakes as a as a startup. Like, you know, you will you know see a shiny object over there and think, yeah, oh, that's great, and then all of a sudden you're like what are we doing over here? We need to come back, you know? And it's about that. It's about pulling each other back and kind of going, what was our plan? Where are we supposed to be? These are the only things. If it doesn't impact these things, we're not doing them. We say no to them now. Do you know that kind of way? Where before we were kind of exploring all different things and options and being pulled kind of a bit off track a lot. So now we're very focused. And I know that some of the because I obviously I've had a look at the app and it's so slick it looks fantastic did it as it looks now is that the way it looked at the beginning or <laughs> no. I, I'm so glad I don't I don't even think anyone I don't think any of us even took screenshots back then of what it looked like it was like so Tracy my business partner and my sister is a perfectionist so I like you literally have to pull the stuff out of her hands because she's like no don't let anyone see this you know so it's nearly like I'm so sorry that it looks like this and even now we feel it because we know where it's being built to and where it's going so now we're like oh but but you know um so yeah so no it looked absolutely horrific um and all it did when it came out first was you were able to leave a review and you were able to search a product and get the like information that was it and when we went back out to the consumers to see what they liked what they didn't like what they thought should be actually <laughs> we had like a list of like 30 things that we said they're going to say this and the two top things they said we didn't have wrote down and one was like there wasn't enough characters to write enough in the box yeah and we didn't have um auto like the spelling they had to correct their own spelling mistakes (laughs) (laughs) and we were like that wasn't even that wasn't even a thing (laughs) (laughs) so it's so important to keep in touch with your like the end users of the app like where it's going what's next you know have them involved in the whole journey like because you just don't know what they're thinking and I think, and you offer a great service, I think, for new brands, um, like people that will sample and test the product for them and then do reviews. So if you're if yeah. you're a new brand that's launching and you're like, gosh, how, you know, we want to put reviews on the website or how do we even get feedback of, of this? You have a service that can do that, don't you? In, within yeah. The- yeah, we do. So you can become a sampler. If you leave 10 reviews, you can become a sampler, 10 reviews of any product you want. And then like that with the, especially when we, we work with all the brands, but we have like special offers kind of for startups because we, we know what it feels like, you know, trying to get out there. Um, so, yeah, so they can give us their products. They, they go up on the app. We send them to targeted. So 
our samplers give us a lot of detail about them, like hair, eye color, skin, you know, all that information. And we're able to kind of go like I'm learning every day. Seemingly, you can send tan lotion to people that have oily skin. You send mousse, you know, and you, <laughs> and you send the lotion to dry, dry skin. So we can really target for the brands. They really get the product into the right hands, which is one of the big things for us. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, they get the feedback and then we give them the reviews and they can use the reviews through on their social media and, and different things. Um to help them yeah and we work then on the data side as well so we can do it just a random testing and then come back to them and tell them actually what age group actually really like their product or yeah. what skin issues or they have that really like their product so we can give them really helpful information that can actually you know they can go away and do something about it like yeah and so, yeah. In terms of how, so they pay you a percent, like a monthly fee or something like that? In terms yeah, of it, in fairness, it's a once-off fee per sampling campaign. Um, okay. So if they were launching one product or launching five products, exactly, would be, that would be a campaign and then you would work it out from there. In terms yeah, of- most of the larger brands launch though new products every quarter. Yeah, so. and you talked about, so in terms of team now, how mm. did you how is it what's it grown to what what does it, the business currently look like from a structure point of view yeah so there's 10 of us now um and we have so there's myself and tracy and we're very uh we're very opposites like which is perfect because yeah everything she does i don't like doing then we have tech perfect. team we have yeah i know yeah <laughs> so good and uh, we have the tech uh side for like full stack developers mm-hmm we have uh sales we have marketing and we have data and like data um yeah. analytics anal- analysis and stuff so yeah so the team has grown um but actually um, since lockdown lifted and london and we've had we've been over a lot to to the uk and i'm actually moving now to yeah moving to the uk so i'm moving to london in the next few weeks because we've had huge opportunities over there and I seem to just get back here and somebody's like, can you meet me tomorrow? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm in Ireland today. So um, no, I can't. Is that, really. is that like with new brands that are coming on or, you know? Yeah, it's new brands coming on. It's like we're we're running a pilot campaign with a retailer to help them get full fall into their store. So what we've, we're doing is we're partnering with a, a brand um, who's given us products now I call it sampling and but usually we get full-size products it's not yeah. like just the sachets and um, so we're testing now that you have to we'll send you a card and say you've been selected for this product um, you need to go collect it in whatever the store is and the store will be obviously local to you yeah. And then there will be a discount code then on it if you want to buy the full product after you've tested it you will get it. So it's to drive footfall into the stores. And so brands are really interested in that because there's some stores that they, they really want to drive traffic to, you know, to stay on the shelves and to, you know, stay on the top shelves and not be moved down. So it's a really new concept and it's not been done yet. Um, So 
yeah, we're looking at that and potentially that with someone in the US as well, which is really interesting because we can do that remotely. We don't even have to be there. So, yeah. It's so so fantastic to see how the business has progressed. And what are your goals for the brand? Our goals really are, like, we want to be part of the decision-making process for women when when they're buying beauty. Like, we know people look at different places and different things, but we want to be like they that you're you don't want to buy it without checking what beauty buddy is saying yeah. and like, where like we're, in terms of the trip advisor you generally don't go to just, a comment you know you probably whenever you're booking something generally uh, you know you do you go to trip advisor is your you know yeah yeah name there you know so it's the same kind of concept but at the same time um where we're going with this as well is that if you go into a store or you, if you're searching a product it will come up and if it's the 4.7 or 4.8, but it will say, um, but Nicole, based on your profile in the app and other users, the same profiles, this is only a two for you. That's so good that it's so personalized. So that is the, by quarter three, that's what it will do. So it will really help because brands get, some brands get like negative reviews, um, but it's because the consumer has bought the wrong product. Yeah, yeah. So it's not the right product. So this is to help that um, and help us not waste money because that was what was really annoying. So yeah. that's one of our goals to be that part and to be personalization, but also to be like, we do want to have the unicorn status. And I know people talk about unicorns and different things like that, but we do, we want to be the first female team in Ireland to have a unicorn company. So think, yeah, absolutely. I think what you're doing is just so needed. It's genius. It's and I love the personalization side of it. It's great. And what what does success look like for you? Do you know what success for for me? Like, there's always a why after different things. So for us, we have this most beautiful niece, and. Uh, she is um, the light of everyone's life and she has um, an additional need. And um, yeah, so the, the success for me and Tracy is to build, you know, a really successful global company that then we can build Lily's dream of Lily's cafes and she can have somewhere to go to work uh, mm-hmm. with other people. Um, so success for me is that beauty buddy will allow us to do that mm-hmm. you know so it's really that is our end goal for Lily um but at the same time we really want to have a company where people really want to work it yeah. you know our team is so important to us the people that work for us their lives I always say it's not work-life balance it's your life you know you just it's you know, you, you work a lot of your life, so it shouldn't feel like work. We have said to them, if they ever get that Sunday dreading feeling, they shouldn't be working here anymore. Or they should come yeah. talk to us or something because life's too short to not want to go into where who you're working with. So really, we want to have a company where we can do that, where you can get your hair done, uh, where you can get your nails done. You don't have to take a half day. Um yeah. And, you know, where do I sign up? Yeah, (laughs) we just really want to kind of 
embody like equally um for men as well but just really want to have a company people love coming to and a company just with the right you know ethics and Values. you know people trust so yeah like it is and it's an enjoyable journey even though it's a roller coaster it is a roller coaster yes. <laughs> and what um I know you've talked about so many milestones there as well in terms of how it um how the business has progressed what would you, just a couple of kind of last questions what do you think have been your biggest challenges the biggest challenge is the investment journey it really is um it's like it, it is when I started as a startup I never thought that I would spend probably 70 percent of my time fundraising yeah um it's not what I enjoy I really love being with the team and to help drive in the sales and meeting new customers. Um, but I spend a lot of my time raising investment. And um, then the the other thing is getting the right talent. Like, and it's not even like for us, it's not about just the talent, it's about the fit of the person, you know. Um, so the talent and the fundraising really you know, are challenging and take way longer, way longer than any than you expect. Yeah. Act. And it's just a challenge that you like you figure your way around it, but it has to be done. Like, and that's the thing. I don't think a lot of founders realize that if they're going on a journey to be a global company, they will be out fundraising probably all year. So when we finish this raise, I might get a few weeks off before we look start looking for a Series A, which will be a, a very, very big round. I don't do mean a few have, weeks off work. I mean a few weeks off fundraising. Off fundraising. No, I know what you mean. And you know when you have when you start your fundraising, do you have a you have a target of right? We need to raise this amount of money. That's so you know yeah. from the kind of beginning what your what your goal is of of fund for fundraising. And do you only close it when you've got it? Or yeah. like how, right, okay. So that could, so that's yeah. a lot. You have, you have to, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, Um. so in fairness, I would love to at the minute raise, like I'd love to be raising 10 million, but you can't raise 10 million when you're only valued at three point, you know, five yeah. or whatever, you know, that kind of way. So it's impossible to raise 10 million. It's so like steps on a ladder in terms of to get to that 10 million, you know, so the next round might be 2 million or 3 exactly. million or whatever it might be. Right, okay. I see how Yeah. And it, so that's how that's how it works. So yeah, I'd love to have like be raising ten million now. And I think actually ten. I know this is gonna come back and bite me, but I do think ten million would probably be easier than like five hundred thousand because well, it's a different you, mindset. Yeah. I think as well, you know, yeah, the people absolutely. that have that kind of money to invest as well. It's a different kind of mindset. They're they're there to yes. invest. They have that extra, you know. You and yeah. Lastly, what um, what tips would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs? The tips I would give is um, to surround yourself with the right people um, that, you know, connect with each other, help each other. Um, and don't be afraid to tell people what your idea is. They're not going to rob it. I think there's so many people that are afraid to share what their plan is in case somebody robs their idea. And it's like... <laughs> 
I don't have the energy or time to do something else that I'm not even passionate about. Why would I do it? It's hard enough to yeah. do this journey. <laughs> so you have to love what you're going to be doing. So if you're building a HR thing, off you go. I have no interest. Even if it's going to be a global success, I'm like, worst nightmare. So it's, it's you know, it's it's that kind of thing. And it is to educate as well, to like keep re- like reading, learning, listening to podcasts and not to be afraid to stand by your gut feeling, you know, yeah. to trust your gut and not be afraid to go for the big steps because at the end of the day, you only get one go with this and you'll regret it. Like yeah. you will regret it. Like saying you, you never want to go. I should have tried that. Just try yeah, it. What no, the worst mean. can happen is you fail. Yeah. And actually in America, if you fail, you actually go higher on the investors list because you've already failed with somebody else's money <laughs> and they're happy that you failed. So you've learned your lesson because they don't want you to fail on their money. Right. And most startups will fail. So they're like, yeah, we picked the one that's already failed. And it's, <laughs> it's like a badge of honor nearly in the U S and, and, and in Europe and the UK, it's like, don't tell anyone you failed. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a different mindset, isn't it? And I love how you 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 knocked on the doors twenty six times to get them to open for you. You know, you have to, and like it's not going to come to you. Like, and that's why I'm moving to London. I'm leaving my family behind. You know, um, and I'm going to London because the opportunity is literally knocking on our door, and um, I'm not able to open it from here. So I need to move. <laughs> well thank you so much Wendy for joining me today and if people want to find the beauty buddy I'm going to put them in the details in the show notes but um, on Instagram it's at beauty buddy app and are you on TikTok as well yes we're on TikTok we're just beauty buddy on TikTok and website wise yeah it's just uh, thebeautybuddy.com fantastic thank yeah. you so much Wendy for joining so me fun. and I've loved listening to your story I think you are inspirational you and your <laughs> and what you've achieved and what you've achieved but, thanks um, so much for having us and if you've enjoyed today's episode I would love for you to leave a review and subscribe and you can catch more from me on Instagram at the Byron Retail Coach and there'll be a new podcast episode every Thursday bye for now bye